0: Everybody to the you heard it here first podcast. I'm your host Sammy DeYoung with the other host today because you will be hosting Pastor Josh is hosting the podcast.
1: I'm excited about this.
0: Are you? I kind of am. Yay!
1: I'm a little nervous about the logistics.
0: I just sprung it on you, so
1: you did ask me earlier. Sorry, but I have done that before with Pastor Ken mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed that. You gave me great directions. Great. You so got my email. I did. I great. Looking forward to the interview with Miss Kenzie Westra.
0: Yes. I'm excited to listen to it.
1: Yeah. You You and and Kenzie Kenzie are roomies.
0: Yes. Don't ask too many questions about me.
1: I am not planning on asking any questions about you.
0: Great. I can see you asking questions about me. You cannot. Yes, I I... can. You sit at meal night with Kenzie once and ask her about me. That's
1: because you were sitting there. Was I?
0: No, she told me about it later.
1: Oh. I think I was just making conversation. That's fair. That's the first time I talked to her since you guys had moved in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear what you and Kenzie chat about. I me think too. I think it'll be a good good conversation.
1: So, uh, last night was a big day. Big game.
0: Big game.
1: You were lucky to remember last time that this was the Super Bowl. Yes. Did you enjoy the game? I did. Or are you a halftime... Commercial. What
0: I think I watched a good chunk of the pregame show through the postgame show. Wow! All the way through. All, oh my. Of, all of the all that's, of it.
1: That's more than what I watched. I didn't watch any pregame and no postgame.
0: Really? Mm-mm. Well, I wanted to see the postgame because the Kelsey brothers. Oh yeah. See how they reacted. Because
1: it's very sweet. It Jason was, was like super cute. super pumped for his brother, yeah. even though he was disappointed.
0: I just think. It was a close enough game that you can't be that mad, but it's also the Super Bowl, so you can be that mad. I agree. I guess. Do you have
1: a favorite? Did you have a favorite commercial from last night? A lot mm, of people like to no. watch for the commercials. I
0: talked during the commercials, so oh. probably not.
1: You probably, uh, maybe you know about the big co- uh, conversation around the He Gets Us commercials. Have you seen these Jesus commercials? Oh, I did. There were two of them. I think I right was
0: man? surprised there was two of them.
1: The first one was. I remember the second one with all the fighting and mm-hmm. talking about Jesus. Yeah. Um, loved his enemies. Right. That was sort of the yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the first one was now, but. Me either. Yeah. Like we were... super. That's fairly long one too.
0: Mm-hmm. We were confused as to what that, the second commercial was going to be. Oh,
1: well, when it was Cause... black and white, I kind of knew right away. Cause oh. I knew it was, uh, the Jesus campaign.
0: Hmm. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, there's like these billboards all over the place and Hmm. commercials, and
0: that's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. My friend likes dogs, so she was concerned if like the dog commercials were going to be sad or not when there was dogs in the commercials. (laughs) So she was like, "Did she watch the Puppy Bowl?" So she was like talking to us, and then would see a dog on the TV and would like zone out, and then it's like, "Oh, that ended happier." So I'm glad (laughs) she's funny. I think
1: there was a puppy bowl yesterday. Was there? I'm pretty sure there's a puppy bowl. you have to ask You know your what friend. I was
0: thinking during the game yesterday? What
1: were you thinking? If
0: like there's any other like puppy bowl or is there a basketball game on that on at the same time that just nobody watches?
1: I think there's I think America's got tail on head reruns. Okay. I think it's mostly reruns. So
0: mostly nothing's on, it's just a Super Bowl. I would guess not. Yeah.
1: I would guess not. I thought not. it
0: was overall a fun, good yeah, game to watch. Game. Mm-hmm. Your team didn't win?
1: No, I was cheering for the Eagles. Yeah,
0: me too. For no real reason, I just
1: We were. We had one very happy family member. Um, Tate has a Travis Kelsey Ooh, jersey. Ooh, he
0: likes Travis Kelsey? So he
1: was very pumped. Yes. So he wore his Travis Kelsey
0: nice. jersey
1: last night during the game and to school today.
0: As he should.
1: I I thought so. He I should probably wear that Yes, thing.
0: Travis Kelsey had a good game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Definitely. Did you have any fun finger food?
0: Um, My friend loves to throw a party, so oh. yes. We had okay. wings, pigs in a blanket, a charcuterie board, Ooh. brownies, lots of, lots of good stuff. Did you guys?
1: Yeah, we had barbecue pork and mac and cheese, which Yum. is always one of my favorite combos. That is good. I put the mac and cheese down, and then I put the barbecue pork on top. Yum. I think so. I think that's good. So it's yummy. Good. It's a good night. Yeah, kids it was had fun. fun. Did
0: we they watch fun. the whole game?
1: I think for the most part they tuned in.
0: Like, did they watch through the end of the game? We did
1: have kind of a fun game uh, where <clears throat> there was a board with slots for the numbers, mm-hmm. and so if you got the right number at the end of each quarter, you won a prize. That's so game. it is not gambling. We did not <laughs> contribute money toward the. Uh, prizes. That's fair They were just given freely
0: That is so fun So we had
1: four different winners that Which is was so kind fun. of a fun way to watch the game And
0: yeah.
1: see who's gonna win Yeah Each quarter
0: How fun Yeah I like the Super Bowl
1: I like the Super Bowl too <laughs> Tell us Listener If you like the Super Bowl Do too I you like the Super Bowl too? <laughs>
0: Anything else we should talk about?
1: <laughs> no, I think we've... Uh, you didn't
0: want to plug an Esther thing?
1: No, nah, I think we're
0: good. There's one more sermon, isn't there? There is
1: one more sermon as uh, we bring Esther to a close. Uh, I've probably received more positive feedback on Esther than I have on any sermon series before. Why um, is that, you I think? I don't know. If people, A lot of people have said, I've never read the book like this before. So Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, you know, Esther, they maybe heard one sermon on it, like Mm -hmm. the one where God's made you the queen for such a time as this. And like, that's the only thing. Yeah. Um, And I've actually, this may sound strange, but I've loved preaching Esther. Um, I preached Esther before, but not like this. Um, This is all brand new. And I've really loved it way more than I thought I would again. I yeah. you always prep, but, like, the preparation each week has been,
0: it's been fun. Like, you look forward to yeah, prepping for it. That's good.
1: So, I'm i am kind of sad.
0: There's only one left. I
1: know. Normally, when a sermon series is winding down, I am ready to move on. Yeah. I am.
0: You're not like, ready? <laughs>
1: no. Normally, like, the last week of the sermon series comes, I'm like, I I'm just, this is, I'm done. Yeah. But this.
0: This series i'm like oh i'm gonna miss this no i think it's Which a good series weird. no i think that's okay sorry someone's messaging me on facebook so yeah it's
1: been good i i'm looking forward to the next series too but um yeah. esther is one of those books that's uh, just a bit different than some of the other ones in the mm-hmm. bible and so it provides uh kind of a, a different way to dive in
0: yeah well i was gonna say because i was thinking about it like I mentioned with the middle school speaker this weekend, oh, yeah. he talked about how he grew up not hearing a lot of these stories. And Esther is a pretty popular Sunday mm-hmm. school story. So I think it has been good to view it in a different way sure. and learn more from it. Because I feel like Esther used to be one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. but I didn't know that much about it. I probably just loved the Esther Veggie Tales and I was an <laughs> Esther play. But that's all I really knew about it. So now. Well, Do you, I, you love it more or less I now? like it more now you like it more now yeah okay that's good I feel like I've been learning a lot that's great so it's been really good that's great I'm glad to hear it yeah
1: so yeah I'm I'm uh, it's o. it's always a good feeling as a as a preacher to know that the people who are listening are yeah looking forward to each week Mm -hmm. and um yeah are engaged yeah that's always a great thing and you're you uh, are also gonna get to talk on Sunday.
0: Yes, I am. The fundraiser is it's coming been up. Kind of
1: a regular thing for you. Yeah, lately. maybe
0: it should just be my new thing.
1: Talking on Sunday?
0: Mm, maybe not.
1: <laughs> the look on your face was one of gross. Maybe
0: not every Sunday, but I would agree with your once a month thing. Oh, now my thing is a once a month thing. Originally, it was. i'm not going to the every other week that you recently proposed yeah
1: you're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming fundraiser
0: yes i think it's going to be a fun one this year as opposed to last year no well last year i think was my best last year was a lot of fun so i'm honestly maybe i shouldn't say this on the podcast but i'm a little nervous about this year's because of how good last year's was
1: i think most people are just like being together, yeah, having food together.
0: The food's always delicious. The
1: entertainment, you know, people—if people are willing to laugh and have a good time—and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it'll be great.
0: Great. You just see that move. Sorry.
1: Anyway, <laughs> Did stay you? tuned for the rest of the
0: podcast, everybody. Yeah, stay tuned for Kenzie Westra.
1: So, I'm here this afternoon with Kenzie Westra. Is that, uh, that normally what folk, folks call you? I know your birth name was Mackenzie. What do yeah, what's your name?
2: Yeah, most people call me Kenzie. Okay. Um, when I was in second grade, I wanted my name changed from Mackenzie to just straight up Kenzie. Oh, really? But I was just told I had to introduce myself that way.
1: Okay. Yep. <laughs> was that something that you came up on your own? Was that a, I met siblings a girl. Thing?
2: I met a girl, um, and her name was just Kenzie. I was like, oh, brilliant. Like, it's not Mackenzie, it's Kenzie.
1: Like, this is an doll girl.
2: Yeah. Well, no, she was like a childhood neighbor. Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Well, now that we've got your name out of the way, uh, we've got uh, Kenzie Wester on the podcast today. And uh, for those who might not know you, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, tell us who you are, and uh, what we should know about you.
2: Um. Well, I am Kenzie Wester. And my parents are Brian and Jen Westra. I've gone to First Cutlerville my whole life. I'm 26, and I'm a first-year teacher at Hamilton High School.
1: You've got some siblings.
2: Yes. Yep, I am the oldest, and then there's Travis. And he's married to Hannah, and then Cole, and Maya, and then stepsisters Kylie and Bryn.
1: So if you've been to the church softball games you'll see cole and travis
2: yes and my dad play
1: yeah although your dad is he likes catcher (laughs) so uh first year teacher uh that's a busy year do you have any hobbies outside of school
2: um outside of school i really like pickleball that's where you'll see me every sunday afternoon in the summer um and currently uh premiere on sunday afternoons And then I love cooking and being in the kitchen.
1: So there's one other piece of information for folks uh, that folks should know about you, and that is uh, your roommate.
2: Oh, yeah. I have a lovely roommate who just so happens not to be here, Um, Samantha (laughs) DeYoung. She's pretty awesome.
1: Sammy did say that it probably would be best for this conversation for her not to be here.
2: (laughs) Yep. So she is just my roommate. That's all we're going to (laughs) say.
1: I did promise, Tammy, that I will not ask too many personal <laughs> questions because you obviously uh, have known each other oh, yeah. and have some uh, interesting stories you can share about each other. I'm sure we do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons. One of them was to talk a little bit about <clears throat> being a lifelong member of the church, which normally when you think of lifelong member, you're thinking of like an 80-year-old or a 90-year-old. Yeah. Um, But you've been fairly involved and you've had some unique experiences that way. And so I thought we'd ask about that. And then um, also being a first-year teacher, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot that goes into that. And so, yeah, you said you've been at First Cutlerville your entire life. Um, What are the different ministries that you've been involved in? How have you, how might folks from church interacted with you over the years?
2: Um, Over the years, I've been involved in a lot of different youth ministries, done children's worship. I did nursery. I'm now a team leader for nursery for a couple of years. I did middle school and high school youth group for a couple of years. I took um, this year off just because first year you could be busy. So I was just trying to prepare myself. Um,
1: so is that like a, you hope to go back? I took a year off or is that a... Yeah,
2: I would love to like get back into doing the youth group and just getting back into that. Um, but who knows, maybe a couple of years off will be a nice little refresher.
1: <laughs> do you, I mean, have you missed it?
2: Yeah, I definitely do miss it. Um, it's really great that Sammy lives with us. So she has her girls over for Bible study and I can still connect that way sure. when I'm home. So that's kind of nice.
1: So like when the kids do the middle school retreat check-in, do you find yourself, oh, it
2: was so much fun. I
1: remember that. Or do you think, oh, good, I don't have to stay up late
2: um no i i do miss it because the speakers are generally good and Mm -hmm. like you have a good time because that's a great time to make relationships with the students and just kind of get out and do new things but yes definitely love sleeping in my own bed and not freezing the last (laughs) retreat i went on it was like i felt like 30 below it was not i know i'm exaggerating but it was cold
1: so how many years did you participate in youth ministry as a leader
2: uh, five years, five
1: years. Okay. Yep. So almost immediately after you graduate from high school, um, or no.
2: Yeah. I started the same year Sammy started because okay. I made the promise that if you become the youth director, I will be a leader for you. Oh, wow. And that's kind of how that started.
1: Okay. So was it a difficult to break the news to her last year that you were going to step down a little bit? I mean, how did that conversation go?
2: Um, she said she was never going to ask me like when I was ready to be done. It was when I told her. Okay. Um. She was like, "I'm always just gonna assume that you'll keep coming back because I did enjoy it and like we sure. make a good team." Um. But I knew like with teaching and wanting, I always have too much things on my plate. Sure. So I wanted to kind of make sure I was being smart about my choices.
1: Did you like middle school or high school more?
2: Oh, that they're both good in their own ways, but I feel like high school more because. can drive and we can just be like hey let's go like randomly (laughs) go get ice cream or you know meet up here so i think that's a little bit more easier but i think connecting with them is the best part
1: so uh, one of the things that i recognize as a a, you know leadership position at first colorville is i come in for first colorville at the age of 37 38 they don't know me uh, they don't know me from zero to 18. They don't know my family. Um, yeah. I have to imagine there's some unique challenges that come trying to be a youth leader, be in a position like that when, yeah, you've grown up in the church and maybe had some unique things happen in your, li- oh, your life. Yeah. Is, is that something that you would say, yeah, I can understand where you're coming from?
2: Um, I can understand a little bit, but like I think, It also helps because people it's a good report and people like know you from that and like know like maybe oh yeah like they went through that so like i can like maybe talk to her Mm. or you know like know that we have similar situations um i think it's more of a helpful aspect it's also really a good thing i think growing up in especially this church like the community and just how people will surround you in certain situations so just knowing i guess
1: so, who are some of the youth leaders that were really important or really formative in your oh, when you were in youth group?
2: When I was in youth group, we had some really good leaders. Uh, when I was in middle school youth group, we had really good ones. Um, Julie Fenema and Mark Fenema were some of our leaders, um, and Julie became my mentor when I hit high school oh, yeah. youth group, and we still, you know, we'll get together here or there. That's very um, cool. Yeah. So, she, and I think like she was a really <clears throat> good person to have in my life especially during my high school years and the things that you know with my parents divorce so I think that was just very nice that she was there to kind of help come alongside me um and then freshman year maybe sophomore year too we had Dale and Julie Jeltima, oh yeah and we broke up into small groups a lot more so we went to like leaders houses okay and that was a really like good time to be with them and kind of make that connection um and of course, like Brad and Stacey were some good leaders that we had. So, yeah.
1: Do you find yourself uh, when you're, as a youth leader, trying to model what was good for you? Or do you th- just try to be yourself? How do you think about those um, experiences?
2: Yeah. Like, I think I try to be myself, but also see like, oh, like those were some things that I enjoyed out of a youth group leader. How can I use that with the students now and impact them that way?
1: Sure. So, uh, you talked a little bit about having uh, the community that knows you, Mm -hmm. knows what you've been through, can relate. What other good things uh, do you experience from staying in the church that you grew up in?
2: Um, I think, like, some other things are watching, you know, the growths and the changes within the church and within, like, people's families and just kind of seeing... How, like, you know, especially like the kids, like I remember like Ken and Venema and stuff like in children's worship when I was <laughs> a helper sure in that, <laughs> right? And then now I'm in high school <clears throat> and they're graduating and it's crazy. But yeah, so I guess just watching all like the changes throughout the church and just seeing everybody um, come alongside people and just be that community that we need.
1: Any challenges that come to mind as you think about staying in a church that you grew up in?
2: Um, yeah. So when I've been thinking about this question, uh I think I think too like you become comfortable because hmm. you're always going to the same church and that's just sure. all you've known. Um, and I love this church, so I don't really see myself going other places, but I think challenges that come with it is you aren't able to step out of your comfort zone and you don't know, like, is there a different worship style that's like going to fit my needs more? Or am I going to like something a little bit different? Cause you just don't try. Sure. Um, I know me and Sammy have every once in a while, she'll be like, Oh, let's go try out this other church. Cause I don't have anything. It's the summertime. So we've tried out some different ones. I've gone to a couple different ones. Um, so it's kind of interesting to kind of see the differences between our church and other churches, but.
1: So when you go to those other churches, do you find yourself constantly comparing or can you go and just,
2: this is good.
1: I can sort of just worship.
2: I don't think I'm comparing. It's more of <clears throat> just like, oh, like this is new. Like this is great. Um, or I like this part about it, but I don't really think I like compare our church okay. to the other churches.
1: So one of the other things that we had wanted to touch base on is first year of teaching. Uh, what grades or subjects? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in uh, your teaching at Hamilton.
2: Yeah, so I student taught two years ago at Hamilton um, in their cognitive impairment program, and then at Grand Valley, you have to do two years of student teaching. So I taught in a couple other districts, but when it was time to look for a job, they called me up and said, "Hey, we have a position open. We would love wow. for you to apply." Um, so that's quite a compliment. I, yeah, it was. <clears throat> And so I did, and I got the job. I didn't really have to apply anywhere else, um, so that was really great. And I knew the program, so it felt very comfortable. So I have high school students, and it's ages 9th uh, through twelfth grade. Um, but we didn't have any incoming freshmen this year, so I just have tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Okay. Uh, my students, since it's special ed, I have some students that are like nineteen. Um, they'll be like twenty next year when they graduate. Um, And then the youngest students are 16.
1: So quite a range in age. Yep. Is there quite a range in ability as well?
2: Uh, Yeah. So we have two groups that we split them up. So one's our higher level and one's our lower level. So like my homeroom class is the lower level uh, cognitive impairment students. Okay. But this year, I don't know. It's really weird where my lower level, are a little bit smarter than my higher Hmm. level uh students but yeah so we kind of group them together and we call ourselves the island and we kind of do what we (laughs) want to do in the high school
1: you don't vote anyone off the island do you
2: (sighs) no sometimes (laughs) i wish no
1: (laughs) so how many students are in that uh island
2: we have smaller numbers this year, so I only have a total of 11 students.
1: Okay. So you're an aide. How many of the students have their own aide?
2: Yeah. So for each group, we have a pro. Okay. They're both awesome, and they've been on the program for years. Um, Sharon Inman, her husband is actually a pastor at one of oh. the local churches. She's the sweetest old lady, um, and she'll retire in the next year or two. Wow. And then we have Bronson, and she's pretty awesome. Her kids are in elementary school, and... Her mom was an aide at the middle school, too, so okay. good background.
1: So for those of us who don't have a lot of special education background, how might your class get set up in a different way? How might the, some of the teaching take place in uh, in a different way?
2: Yeah, so there's lots of different um, levels, I guess, for special ed. There's You got your EI, which is emotional impairment. That's more where you're going to see the behaviors, but their learning is still like higher functioning. Um, And then you got like your autism, so your ASD. And then my cognitive impairment, there's like three different classes for it. So I'm moderate cognitive impairment. Um, So they have a slower learning process where some of my students, they're learning at a kindergarten level, even though they're in high school and they're graduating this year and other students are like at like the third, second grade level. So I changed my curriculum a little bit more to where they're still getting the benefits of high school education and the things that you would learn in high school, but at a lower level.
1: That almost sounds like the old school, uh, one-room schoolhouse model where you're really dealing with students or you're working with students from – quite a wide variety of ability and age group. So how does that, how do you meet that challenge?
2: Um, Yeah, it can be difficult at times, especially because we don't really have a curriculum to follow. So as a first year teacher, I'm creating all my stuff.
1: I'm surprised by that, that the state of Michigan or that there isn't a national curriculum for...
2: Yeah, there's guidelines. Okay, Um, They're a little bit more of like an easier version than the Michigan like teaching standards. Uh they're called the essential elements. So it's the basics. Um so I do have to follow those, but like I don't have like a nice little teacher handbook and <laughs> here's your lessons and go print it. It's print, a lot of print teacher five
1: pages and yeah
2: teacher pay teacher is really awesome. <laughs> so...
1: I know that site.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great
1: site. Um so as your students are um, doing the work is a lot of it. Uh, do, do you send homework home with them? Do they, how do you do that because of the different um, cognitive abilities?
2: Yeah, uh, just my teaching style. I don't want to send homework. Okay. Um. If it is, it's very basic. And I do say, like, if I give you the time to do it in class and you don't get it done, then yeah, it is going to be homework because you didn't choose your time wisely. But otherwise, no, I don't send homework home.
1: So, one of the things that Steph has said has changed about education over the years is the amount or kind of parental involvement. Yeah. What does that look like? Because these students have some unique needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has the relationship like with the parents been?
2: Um, like my relationship with the parents? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the students know me pretty well. And I went at the last like couple weeks of school, the last school year and just took over um, so that they got to know me. Uh, Their parents, we invited them to meet me at the end of the school year and at the beginning of the school year, just to get to know me a little bit more. My students are involved in like a special needs baseball league that they have in Hamilton that some uh, parents of a student hold together and they put like a team together. It's really cute to watch. Uh, So I did that and like went there and like would make connections with the different parents and um, they have my contact number and I reach out to them very frequently. And I feel like now we have a really good rapport and like I meet them for IEP meetings and just when I need to. So I feel like we have a very good relationship. That's an IEP for those of us who don't know. Sorry, an IEP is a legal document, but. It's an individual education plan. Okay. So every student that's in um, special, it has this.
1: And you get it when you start the program. You, so you get you it at like started. you can get it at the age of three mm-hmm. or even earlier. Yeah. And yep. It follows there's, you all the way through.
2: Yeah. And there's like another one that's not as quite as intense. It's called the 504. Okay. So that's if you went to like a resource room and needed a little help. But yeah. So IEPs are a big thing. It's my yeah. Way.
1: I'm, I'm sure. So do you have to do a lot of record keeping uh, for that?
2: Yeah. Lots of documentation um, and you have to like have lots of data to prove like why are these going to be goals that they need to be working on? Or yes, here they have been improving on these goals and reaching like the level that we want them to. Or um, also like showing like Oh, like they didn't quite reach the goal, and so I'm going to add it again for another year in a different way, so hopefully they can reach that.
1: So, are you the only uh, cognitive impairment teacher at Hamilton, or are there a couple of you?
2: Um, I teach with a guy named Mike, who was my uh, teacher for student teaching.
1: Okay, so you have pretty good rapport with him.
2: Yeah. Nope. We have a really good relationship, and uh, he is—he's a handful sometimes, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: You want to say more about that or I not? Ke- no,
2: sure. I keep him in line, um, and he knows that. <laughs> but he also is very um, helpful, and he's planning on retiring. So he's been handing me a lot of things that are going to help me down the road in my teaching career, uh, especially at Hamilton. I do love the school. And, um, yeah, funny, one night one of the janitors came in before a parent-teacher conferences, and I thought it was him coming in, I was like, oh, hey, Mike, are you ready? And then she like, I don't know. It wasn't Mike. And then (laughs) she's like, oh, is Mike your assistant? And I was like, yeah, he's my assistant. (laughs) So now he goes by my assistant. (laughs) Nice. Yep.
1: So one of the things that I had uh, wondered about is um, Hamilton is uh, public school. Yep. Um, We've talked about your faith. Uh, How do you see those connect or – how do you see those two things, um, I won't say conflict, uh, conflict, but um, yeah, what's the relationship yeah. between those things?
2: Um, Hamilton, I would like to say, it's kind of a different environment from like what I would think a public school is. Hmm. Um, they have lots of involvement with churches, area churches. They're providing meals for our parent teacher nights. Um, they're donating money to our SASA, which is students assisting students so like my students help with that and so like for christmas time we bought family in within our community that can't buy christmas presents for their kids And we went to the stores and we bought them and we wrapped them and so um and like if there's like needs so shampoo bottles and Mm -hmm. deodorant and things like that so we have a church that holds an offering and they donate money for that um and they help with like our food drives and like just recently making sure Lysol wipes were delivered to every classroom in our school district. So I guess there's lots of church and community involvement and there's a church right across the street from our middle school and high school called cultivate. And they do a lot of like, if we have a tailgate, like they will host stuff in their parking lot and kind of help with that. Um, And like my students are very open. Like, yes, I go to church. Like this is me at youth group or Mm. And I can be open to like, oh, we do a morning meeting every day. And I'll be like, yeah, I went to the chosen Bible study that I have at my church. And I can be open about that. Um, so, yeah.
1: That's crazy to hear. Yeah, it's good. So you don't necessarily feel uh, as if you're restricted. It's more of a, uh, when they open the door, Yeah, I can certainly yep. participate with them.
2: Yeah. Yep. And Mike, he is like, I don't know, 54. Um, But so I've got to learn about like his faith and how he didn't grow up like going to church as a kid and like his wife kind of brought him to church. And Hmm. so he has like lots of questions about like the different types of like faiths and just he's like, what is a Bible study? I was like, how do you not know what a Bible study is? But he literally didn't know what a Bible study was. So like just kind of being open about that and answering questions where I can.
1: I think about what the middle school students said about the speaker this past retreat where he didn't know the Bible stories. So he was like on the edge of his seat wondering what's going to happen to Joseph oh, yeah. uh, when he heard the story. And, um, yeah, we take a lot for granted yeah. when we grow up in the church and, um, a great joy. Um, but not everyone has that same experience.
2: Yeah. Nope.
1: Anything else from, uh, your teaching setting that you think would be, uh, helpful to know?
2: Um. Yeah, like I grew up going to a Christian school my whole life, from elementary to high school. Uh, then I went to public university at Grand Valley, and definitely I think it was a little bit eye opening, um, hmm. to some degree. Like just how your teachers interact, and just you got to see a lot of other worldviews and people that um, believe different things than what you do. So I think that definitely helped strengthen my faith because I was like, yeah, like, this is what I believe. Like, you know, kind of just like really brought that home a little bit more um, about like why I choose like the Christianity faith. Uh, So then my student teaching is done in all different public schools. So I got to see different districts and meet different people. Um, And like to my students, they come from different backgrounds. Some have really great parents that are really hands-on and others have their grandparents raising them or not good home lives. And one story from when I was student teaching in Caledonia was I had a girl, she was in fourth grade, terrible. um, Just uh, things happened to her in her past. Mm. Like she's in fourth grade, like that shouldn't even happen, but um, really bad things happen. And it was kind of, COVID had just happened, and she got pulled to do online school, which she had a cognitive impairment. wasn't the best, but her mom had a lot of health issues. And so me and the teacher, I actually got in contact with some people at Dutton Christian, and we bought, like, groceries for this family for around Christmas time. And Dutton Christian, they did um, a drive for – like just christmas presents and they wrapped them and we had some other donations for needs that they needed like basic clothing and we went and got to deliver it to them and i think that was really huge and um the mom was very emotional we were all very emotional but um like she used to go to church and like didn't and she's just like i you know it was like a big testament for her that we were doing something like this for Mm. them and that like she really could just like see God's hand through everything. And so could like the grandma and, um, she's like, I just really want to hope I can bless somebody like this sometime time down the road. And so it was a really a big thing and impactful for me. Um, so I think like being a teacher in a public school, you can use like the light that Christ shines through you to other people. And that's one of the reasons why I like teaching in a public school because you get to use it in cool ways.
1: So your mention of um, COVID raised a question for me related to your students, because I have to imagine that for a lot of your students, that move to online learning was about the worst thing that could happen to them. Yeah. D- did you see some of those things play out over time, or?
2: Um. Yeah, I did my student <clears throat> teaching. Thankfully, I didn't have to go online at all, and. We had like some students that were virtual, so we would teach from the classroom at certain times throughout the day. Otherwise, I always had students in the building. I know at Hamilton, they opened up like the high school just for the special ed classes okay. to be held in person so that they didn't have to be mm. virtual at all, which is really nice mm-hmm. that they didn't really have to do that. Um, I taught third grade gen ed in Thornepo Kellogg last year. And you definitely could tell that there was a major difference from, mm. you know, what a normal third grader would be at sure. to what they are now, especially the second graders. You never really thought about it, but this was their first time being in school all day, every day in person. So it's a major adjustment, especially behavioral-wise. So you do see that a lot more, but...
1: Okay. Yeah. So your story about... Um... Yeah, being able to interact and share faith. Any other experiences with either students or or parents or fellow teachers where you've had the opportunity to point to people to to Jesus or to your faith?
2: Um, nothing like super huge that like I think, but um, I do have a parent or a grandparent that's one of my students, um, and she's just been able to be more open because she's getting you know more back into the faith and Mm. wanting to read her bible and wanting her grandson to also read his bible a lot more so just um encouraging that at school be like hey like you should you know use this reading tool um at home so that you can read your bible and like um just kind of making it more of a positive thing Um, I do have a student, he brings his Bible to school and he reads it uh, and he loves that and just maybe sharing different verses with him and he actually is uh, in the process of getting ready to profess his faith. So I think that's really a huge thing to have him be open about that and just we talk about that, which is really cool.
1: Wow. Yeah, Yeah, things you wouldn't expect in a uh, classroom with... Cognitive impairments. Yeah. So there's yep. a lot of really super cool neat things that you get to be engaged with. Yep. Well, we are um, almost out of time, so I did want to ask one quick story about um, your roommate. Anything embarrassing that we should know about Sammy before uh, you go?
2: Uh, she really does not like turkeys. I know you guys have talked turkeys. About yeah, it. I know. Uh, Is there? I have her to ask her about turkey watch. Um, and also, I dog set a lot, so she does not like to uh be home alone mm. and she used to put a chair underneath our door that it is a digitally locked door uh but just yeah. in case yep so I for can christmas understand, i right? got her a nice little bar that she can stick under the door now instead of using one of the dining room chairs but
1: well i appreciate your uh, appreciate you making time for this afternoon for oh, this yeah. conversation <laughs>